Look, I've put in my fair share of time inside an animal costume. I served an entire summer as a mascot for a youth science program. I fully inhabited the role of Shirok Bones, a sleuthing rockhound. That meant not only putting on the dog costume, but then also putting on my grandfather's trench coat over that and balancing a little matching tan hat on one ear. Now, as it was summer in Philadelphia, it was humid. But a highlight of the program was Rocket Launch Day, a day for sending poorly made cardboard and plastic rockets ringed with explosives high into the air and then watch as they sail back down to Earth. Naturally, Shirok's job was to catch them. And so it came to be that I was running across a soccer field, sweat filling the lining of a dog costume, as miniature rockets would come sailing rapidly down towards me, some of them on fire, parachutes torn loose by children's lack of gluing skills. And as I could only see out of the mesh holes in the dog's head, my peripheral vision was exactly zero. Shirok caught a lot of rockets in his back that day, Sometimes, I bet we all feel like a sweaty teen in a dog costume with rockets lodged in our rear. But still we go on. Let's work through it by opening up that magical portal that leads us to the Deep Night. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I will be your companion, your guide, that fella in group settings that always faintly smells of detergent, incense, and stale coffee. As we sail through this next hour of regrets and revelations, we come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And all oh, the Gowanus is absorbing so much rage these days. I mean, along with all the other trash and Verizon truck runoff and Ample Hills ice cream cups. The kids like to throw them in and watch them get caught in the fume plumes. They fly right back up before melting midair on account of the high toxicity. It's an October tradition for those little ones down by the canal. But we're having a time of it, I admit. I keep thinking that I'll just wake up to use the little sorcerer's room, stumble over a pile of Galinda scarves, and fall face first into a portal which will take me back to the regular timeline with the Berenstein Bears, where everything is okay and the darkness doesn't consume everything all the time in every way, but here we are. And I have to say, I had a cosmic vision the other day. I was in our walk-in bathtub, the one that I recently had installed on account of my debilitating plantar fasciitis. Ask me about compression stockings. And I was sitting there, and all I could hear in my head was a very deep voice saying the words, Joy! Fine joy. Now, it turns out Galinda was rifling around under the kitchen sink looking for some dishwashing soap. But a week or so later, I had seen a flyer for a comedy show and had a picture of this person, Addie Wyrich, on it. Now, I don't know how I knew this, but I thought, Joy, this person is Joy personified. And I wasn't entirely wrong. She is a boundless, excitable burst of laughter in person form. Now, what happens when you speak to someone is that you start to understand where that joy comes from, what needs to be in place to make happiness possible, and how this energy is just one part of the larger cosmology that makes up the individual of Addie Weirich. Now, I'm not often moved to tears during an interview, but it happens during this one. And if Addie's parents are listening, hello and thank you for being amazing. 
And I'm so sorry you had to find out one of our deep night revelations this way. Oh, it's exciting. Addie has some shows coming up in Brooklyn. Her show, Only Child Syndrome, is on October 15th uh, at Union Hall, where you can often find her. But let's get to it now. My conversation with the delightful and very funny Addie Weirich. How are you? I'm, do- I'm doing really well. I'm doing good. Good, yeah. good. Well, here's the thing. I've been doing this show so long, and, and every time I think, well, that's it. I've talked to everybody. Yeah. Somebody new comes up, Hello. and that somebody is you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get this person on the program is what I said to myself. Oh, my and uh, here you are yeah, in the Deep Night Studios, always warm in here. Very warm. That's right. They say Cozy. you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day, but if it's going to be this warm. There you go. You I'm going to wear it. Just so everyone knows. Dale's wearing a white shirt. Very white. <laughs> Now, I'm glad it worked out, and you don't come just from nowhere. You no. come from someplace. No, I come from Philadelphia. There we go. Philly, Philly. <laughs> you are not a spirit conjured at one of our Sunday seances. No. No, no. no. You're from Penn's Woods. Yeah, although I generally don't like saying I'm from Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm like from the city proper. So there's a little bit of elitism. It's it's not so much. I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, I will tell you exactly where it comes from. Yes. It comes from the first time. I ever went to Amish country with my parents yes. when I was like five years old. They were like, let's just go. This will be fun. We'll bring Addie. Yeah. And, I, and I remember so clearly sitting in the back seat and like looking at the trees and then seeing um, people walking and they saw us and they shielded their face. Oh, and it was city like, folk. No, 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 no. On people like like Amish people. Yeah. And it was, oh, yes. And then, <laughs> but it was, but it was the first time I, I think it's the first time that I ever experienced people. Um, like hating me for no other reason than what they like saw. Does that make sense? They, they probably saw some bu- fancy buttons or yeah. zippers. Or, I mean, I mean, they saw a car. Like we were just in a car. But I remember feeling like, <laughs> why don't these people like me? And I said hi to everyone that I saw on the street. Like I was like the most outgoing child, <laughs> right. and like walking into town and seeing people who just like didn't want to talk to us, or I felt like I was immediately offending someone by oh, just being there. And like that was. It was so I I didn't like it so much, and then also there's just like there's like backwoods, like it's a swing state, so like yes. so yes, I'm familiar yeah, with so, some of those woods. There you go. Yeah. So um so I got a dog from Lancaster, but that's about as much as like I've interacted with the rest of the state. And then get out of there. Well, it's interesting that you took yeah. it so personally. Yeah. Uh, them just going about there. It probably wasn't the first car they saw. No, <laughs> definitely oh, not. You you really took that in. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. Were it's you a being very ostentatious strong... in your electronics? No, it was I. I think we were just in a car. We were just we were literally just in a car, and I was really interested. I was like, "Oh, there's they're riding horses. Like they were the horse and buggy. Yeah, sure, lovely that's, horse and buggy. That's so cool. I was really excited. And then them not wanting to, and like looking back, like yeah, obviously they did not like it's a different culture. Like that is okay. They don't, they didn't need to interact with you. No, but it was just I just remember very clearly that I really like thinking. I really like reading about memory. It's very fascinating, yes. and we are incorrect all the time about what we remember. But we remember because, like, memory is perception. And yeah. Dale, we could get into that. But yes. we could get, but a I big love the of I, I love the perception. But it's like you're only remembering what you're perceiving, mm-hmm. and so therefore your strongest memory is like you just get the gist of things. So I just remember the gist of feeling not wanted somewhere. Right, and that was like the first time. In my maybe I was four. I just remember, like a I was like, oh, this feeling is new, and it's not, and I don't like it. It's not, it's not a good feeling. It did not sit well with young Addie. No, it to didn't. be uh, uh, ignored 
Kind of, yeah. Because yeah. we don't even know if it was disliked, really. Yeah, I think they my, just my, didn't yeah. have time for you. My parents had to just. My parents had to like explain, like, well, they don't like they don't they don't like cars or they don't. Right. I don't. They I don't have remember. A different belief system. They different belief system. Yeah, but they I was live like, live out of time. Really. Yeah. And I just remember being like, but well, then why don't they like me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. What's what's this? <laughs> so, but now I now it's very okay if you don't like me. That's all right. <laughs> I get it. I, you're, it's fine. You're toughened up being in New York. <laughs> yes. Too much. Too much. Well, that does speak a little bit to something that we that we share in common, be, which I think, um, because I gather you uh, are also an only child. I am. Yes. I am an only child. There's where some of these feelings get started. Yeah, I think so also. Yeah, I was like, why? I bring joy to my parents. Why yes. don't I bring it to you? To everyone. I am a joy bringer. Yeah. You're also an only child? Yes. Did you ever want siblings? That's the question everyone asks, and I've, no, no. You I never did? No. Why? I don't. You know how many toys I had? All of them. Yeah. I. I mean. <laughs> I. I mean. I had a bunk bed. <laughs> yeah, you did. For just me. Yeah. Um. But um. Which, I remember really. Although it was great when kids slept over and we made really cool forts. Yeah. It was just like a cheap Perfect. IKEA bunk bed, and it was like the same price as a regular bed. So my yep. parents were like, I guess why not? Um. But it. Uh, but I always wanted. I think I wanted siblings because my friends had siblings. And yeah. But that that's nice really to go fun. to their house and enjoy their siblinghood. And then you come home. Then you come home. <laughs> you got the top, you got the bottom. Go, yeah. I had a lot of pets. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. The dog from Lancaster, plus how many others? Uh, plus three other cats and a dog, another dog. Okay. So I've had like five. I've had five dead animals, although the one's still alive. <laughs> okay. Well, we wish it well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, it being uh, Philadelphia, where yes, in the city, you didn't have a lot of space for a lot of animals. We actually, we did. We had a, essentially what happened was like my dad's dad died and left my dad enough money like for them to just buy a little nicer, not buy, but like put a mortgage down on a little nicer of a house. Yeah. So we have like a row home in Philadelphia that we're still paying for and they've lived there for like 30, 35 years or like maybe like 30 years. Yeah, good long time. Um, yeah, but it's by the art museum area. Oh, So lovely. which at a, it's very lovely now at, a, at when they got it, not a good area. Um, yeah, that's and, all of Philadelphia. Exactly. But now, you know, and there was like <laughs> Joe's Corner Store is now a sushi restaurant. So, you know, mm. it's a change. And, um, but, but we actually had like, uh, like a decent enough space, but it yeah. was a little crowded. It was just me and my parents. And all the animals. And, you all have the animals. It, and they're buried in the yard. Where do you bury them? They're all cremated in boxes in our living room. <laughs> oh, on display. Yeah. Were you ever tempted to stuff one and keep it around? Um, no. No. No, never never tempted. Did you ever? Have you ever no, stuffed it? No, no. We live too close to the road to have pets. Okay. I had one goldfish, and I set him on the windowsill to keep him warm. And Now, when you say road, so where he, did you go? He grow died. Up? He died. Were you outside of Philadelphia? Yes. I think yeah. I got that because you said that I was elitist. <laughs> 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 where, where outside of Philly were you from? Uh, 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 Westchester. Yeah. Sure. I you always ever got, go out there. Um, some maybe. I know. Yeah. I know kids who went to high school in Westchester, or like went to university there. Yeah. Um, and then I get very confused that there was also a Westchester in New York. I know. Two words, like, no. one word. Yeah, exactly. I was like, no, Westchester is in Philly. Yeah. People here get confused. I bet. Yeah. I mean, it's a magical place. It's a magical, it's a special place. magical place. It's the Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> sure, the Springfield it's Mall. It's the Springfield Mall. You want to go out there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a time at all the major malls. Oh, yeah. Your King of Prussia, your Springfield, your Granite Run, your Exton Square. I love Square. King of Prussia. King of yeah. Prussia. Oh, sure. Um, really cool parking lot is what I remember. 
Yes, and probably you, you may be too young to remember when it was divided between the court and the plaza. Maybe, although we didn't go there. We went to Cherry Hill Mall in New Jersey Oh, yes, okay. More. All right. That's where I got my ears pierced uh, twice at Piercing Pagoda. Oh, yeah. Just like my mom. Was mama. that an independent kiosk or was it a... Oh, it's an independent kiosk <laughs> right in the middle of the mall. Um, everyone saw me get very scared. Um, and then I remember it like went through and my eyes like were open more in shock that it didn't hurt that bad. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, it's okay. And then it got a lot worse, and I started crying. Yes. Then I walked around the mall as a new woman, and it felt great. <laughs> That's a certain kind of cruelty, isn't it, it to be on display yeah. like that? I do. What other yeah. operation did you do in the in a public square? Well, that's what I – so I, I got my cartilage pierced recently. I've had my cartilage pierced twice. That's and the upper part of your ear. It's the upper part, and twice now it's grown over. So mm. I don't have it. It's like – it's like closed up, which well, really is a shame because it hurts like a motherfucker. But you um, could be a great cartilage donor. I could. I could give it all the cartilage. Like very, uh, it just keeps growing yeah. back. It's great. Um, yeah. But when I was going, the the last time that I was like on my way to get it pierced, I remember having this like thought of, oh, I guess like the first time I ever pierced my ears when I was younger, that was the first time that I like chose to inflict pain on myself because like you like like if you stay up really late yeah you know like oh this is gonna hurt in the morning or if you get really drunk you're like this is gonna hurt in the morning but like you're actively you're actively doing something that you know is gonna hurt yep and i do think what was so weird or special about like getting your ears pierced was it was like whoa i know that what i'm about to usually you spend life avoiding not getting hurt yes that's you don't put your hand in fire because that's gonna hurt yep but then you just like pay money to have a service done to you (laughs) which is a needle going through your body yeah and like blood, and it's gonna hurt, and you have to like take care of it so that it heals. Insane. And, and did that spark a desire to continue to walk into pain? I don't think so. No, <laughs> I think I definitely. I think I was also like everybody else is doing it. <laughs> I think I got mad at my parents that they didn't do it to me when I was a baby because yeah. I had friends who were like, "I have my ears pierced, and I don't remember it happening because I was a baby." And I was like, "You're lucky." Yeah. I wish I had my ears pierced and four brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, as an only child, I assume you ran track. Oh, my God. Really? I mean, right? I did. I yeah. ran track for one season. Yeah. I ran track for one season for two reasons. <laughs> one, I wanted to lose weight. And yeah. I was like, running, cardio. Um, sure. And I was a junior in high school, so everyone wants to lose weight. Um, and then also there was a boy that I liked on the team. Yeah. We, just, we hope that people are happy in their bodies. And, oh, yes, yeah. there is a desire to uh, oh, I mean, to do something. I don't know if everybody wants to lose it. I think I, that, is, that is a very general statement. But also it was like my mind of There like, is the pressure that, that's there. Yes, oh, yeah. Yes. And I was also like a high schooler who like had it all of being like eating disorder, like depression. Like it was like a nice little cocktail. So I was like, let's go do track. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. Um, work it out. Work it out. Um, but uh, – but again, then there was a like the guy that I was dating was also on the track team. Yeah. I was like, let me just get to spend time together. It's yeah. fun. Why do you say that you would be an only child and run track? Did you run track? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're an only child? Yeah. Why do you, what correlation is that? <laughs> independence. Not <laughs> a team sport. <laughs> I mean, I did karate. Also independent. <laughs> I was also very independent. <laughs> I did karate. I got my Don't black belt when others. I was the I'll, 13, I'll take yeah. care of this. I'll run my own race. Oh, I was I was pushed into it. Uh, uh, my my father thought I should have a sport. Sure. I mean, it was ridiculous. What when am did I you gonna start do that? doing it? I think I did it in eighth grade. Okay. And I had to run hurdles. That, that's like what a mess. Hard. What a what mess. A mess. <laughs> that's like you know, climb a mountain or something. Yeah. Just ridiculous. A lot of time, timing, rhythm. If you get tired, 
You're just on your face. You're That's on your how face. I feel. I still have gravel in my knees from doing that. <laughs> That's what the tracks were in those yeah. days. And then uh, junior year of high school, I think I did it again. But you only did eighth year, eighth grade, and then junior. Yeah, yeah. Wow, insane. Yeah, and I was terrible. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I wasn't good. I was like strong from karate, so I like oh yeah could do it well enough. But like, if I wanted to be really good, I needed to be running from ninth grade. Yes. And then like summer happened, and they were like, "Are you going to do cross country in the fall?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I didn't run in the cross summer." And then country. I was like, "I can't do this." You crazy? Cross country, insane. I Those can't. People, we would do the training, and uh, we'd uh, have to run through town, through Westchester there. Sure, yeah. And then all the fellows would uh, take off, and we'd run, and they'd all make a right, and I'd make a left, and go have a roast beef sandwich and a pint of ice cream. Would you really? And a black cherry wishnik, and I'd eat that, and then I would finish, and by the time I would catch up with the fellows and run back and say hi to the coach, <laughs> change my clothes again. <laughs> I oh gained God. weight running track. That is. That is, was that eighth grade or junior year? Junior year, high school, yeah. And you were only doing it because your parents were like, you I have to. I got pushed into, yeah. Wow. Do you, did your parents make you do a lot of things? No. They were just a couple of things, and they were both duds, and they have admitted it, and uh, we moved on. Wow. <laughs> they, they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to run they track. Were like, you have to run track and kill your brother, <laughs> and that's why you're an only child. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, he wasn't that. Exciting. No, 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 no. Holding me back, really. Oh, for sure. Holding you back from being an only child. Now, there's something about Philadelphia. Sure. Gritty. The, the Flyers mascot. I'm in love with him. You love him. I love well, him. Well, here's the divide. Here's where maybe we're not the same person. <laughs> maybe it's a generational divide. I think it might That be. thing scares the crap out of me. He does, but he embraces it, and I love him. Oh, my gosh. In, in that way, he is a perfect Philadelphia uh, emblem. I guess it's like where I work right now as a day job. Like, we have a Slack channel, and so we send a lot of, like, gifts. And or a this is some kind of online workflow uh, yes, environment. It's a, it's a very good online workflow. You have a lot of channels. You're talking to people. It's like the chats, but for the work. Yes, and it's okay. it's honestly, Slack is like very impressive. Like I'm not usually like very impressed by apps or stuff, but yeah. it's very organized. It truly like Slack was down for like 15, 30 minutes one day, and no, we were like, how do we? We don't know how to communicate. We like made a G chat and it was awful. But we send a lot of like gifts, and these gritty gifts are so funny, and um, they're perfect. And I love him, and I'm I'm happy for a hundred more years of gritty. Well, first of all, let's thank Slack, one of our sponsors. <laughs> one of our sponsors. <laughs> uh, but that, there was a picture. Now, see, I'm a fanatic guy. I do love the fanatic. That classic. That seems to me uh, based in pure joy, pure happiness, pure joy, pure. I want. Uh, to, to just make everyone happy. Yeah. Gritty seems like you pulled him out of the gutter after uh, tailgating. And, uh, you know, he's he's got a black eye, googly eyes, whatever. He, he's just, like, covered in cheesesteak. Yeah. Just a mess. Just an absolute mess. Stumbling I think, in. I think Gritty and the Fanatic really nailed the dualities of being a Philadelphian. I think so. <laughs> really... Well, that's what I'm saying. There was a picture... And maybe you'd like to share it on a Slack channel, mm -hmm. but of the fanatic embracing Gritty. Oh. And that did a lot to heal my feelings about Gritty. Yeah. It really did. I do love how both like those both of those mascots are just monsters. Yes. Like, I, there aren't a lot of other sports teams, right, that are, that are like, monsters. Yeah. They're usually, like, either a really weird-looking human, like yep. the, um, oh, my God, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. 
person would weird. W- w- uh, steely. He's he's he looks apparently he takes his shirt off a lot and it gets weirder. Yeah. And then they're like animals and like even like a swoop is the eagles. It's a classic. It's an eagle. Classic. Classic. Yep. is an eagle. But I really do like this that we just have monsters. Yeah. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> do you know that? Um, <laughs> Because my dad is a my dad's a Phillies fan, but he's from Jersey and he's also a Baltimore Orioles fan. And we went to we went to like the Orioles stadium and we took a little tour one day. Like when I was in, um, he was like a chaperone, and we like went to Baltimore like for a school trip and stuff. And, nice. Uh, and they said about how there was a a Phillies fan came to a Baltimore Orioles game and pushed the mascot off of the. I shouldn't laugh because it's awful, but pushed the mascot off of the like um center field like ledge area like they yeah. were dancing and just a drunk philadelphia fan pushed so a philadelphia pushed fan. Them always a philadelphia fan <laughs> it's like i love us how much i hate us yep. it makes me love us <laughs> you fanatic how much you're gritty yeah that's a great <laughs> sentence dale you nailed it thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> but there was the guy was the person okay that got pushed off a pedestal no he like Broke a broken arm or something? or something? I think so. I don't. That's not good for a mascot. I will say that what person was, lost some work. What was funny about that is that <laughs> the tour guide did not know that. That uh-huh. was my dad raising his hand oh. and being like, "I know this story." And then the, the tour guide in front of all these kids being like, "I don't think that happened." And my dad's like, "It definitely happened." <laughs> <laughs> and like all of us kids are from Philly, we were like, "Yeah, violence!" <laughs> oh my! Well, poor little robot that rolled into Philly. They beat him up too. Oh wait, what? They sent a robot on a cross-country tour of love or something, and he made it to Philadelphia. Oh, don't do that. And they, <laughs> no, beat him with a baseball bat. Left him in a dumpster. Oh, God. It's I do... tough being from there. My point about that place. Yes. But, though yeah, what there, there is a kind of, because I've now talked to a lot of pe- people, comedians, sure. from Philly. Okay. And there, it inspires a certain goofiness, yeah. I think. There's a darkness. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sure. But then I don't know if it's the weird history, if it's the kind of halted momentum of a city that's always about to be something but then kind of sinks back down. Oh, I think. Or just how terrifying the local news is. But something inspires a kind of worldview. I, I, I think it's totally like a younger sibling type thing. I think it's like because we're so close to New York. Yeah. There's a lot of – I was just talking to someone about this because right now Philly is actually a great place to move if you're an artist. Yeah. Like, if you are anything that's not, like, a comedian trying to be – or, like, an actor-comedian trying to be on TV, like, in an industry. Because if you want to be in, in, like, the industry, go to New York, go to L.A. That's, like, just where it is. Maybe Atlanta, maybe Chicago, but mostly New York, L.A. Yeah. But if you're, like, an artist, if you're doing theater, if you do music, Philly is not only more affordable, but it's also, just like, a lot more fun right now. It's a lot more accessible. Fishtown is blowing up. South Philly is blowing up. Some of it is gentrification, but also – some of it is just like young people reclaiming a space, um, which is cool. There's a lot of places to throw axes, a lot of beer gardens, or like whatever. That's um, what I'm talking about. But like the theater, that's what I'm talking about. But the theater is <laughs> really great. And I think what's interesting because there has been this, I think there has generally been this opinion of if you are living in Philly and you're doing like an art thing, yeah. why don't you just go to New York? So it's kind of been a, of like if you really if you really want to do this, yeah. why aren't you in New York? It's just ninety point three miles away. 
Like it's just ninety three point three or whatever it is. Like it's that's really how far it is. And, and you can thousands commute. of dollars more. And also thousands of dollars <laughs> in a completely different life. And like, and like yeah, and and it's all that. But it is that kind of. So I and I also think it's a lot of yeah. We love Philly, but New York is better. And since it's so close, it's so easy to compare them. Because I think it's hard. I think it's hard to compare New York and L A. Because it's literally different lifestyle. It's like it's sure. it's a yeah. city to like almost a suburb. Really, yeah. it's a city, but you're dependent on a car. But New York and Philly share enough of the same like chromosomes that that it's like it's easier to compare and New York comes up on top. The more movies are there. And I remember getting really mad in high school because they were filming something in Philadelphia and like a bunch of kids were like, we got out of high school. We were like, yeah, like another film. And then we looked up and the street signs were New York street signs. And we were like, fuck you. <laughs> like if you're going to film something in Philly, fucking film it, film it in Philly, film it in Philly, film it in Philly. <laughs> yeah. That's how we talk. We just uh, grasp at words until they, until they smack us in the face. Um, but I remember like feeling that frustration. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a lot of like Philly trying to prove itself. But for you personally, not being a little sibling, yeah. how did you get into comedy? Um, you were already funny from a young age, trying to please the Amish. Yeah, oh, as yeah. you drive through right. some weird sexually named town in I know, it's Lancaster. How it always is. Um, I well, it's funny. I was talking to my parents. It was a lot because of this show that I'm doing coming up, um, which is called Only Child Syndrome, and it's a lot about family. And I was just talking a lot to, to my parents about family. And I don't think if you asked anyone in high school if I was like if they thought I would be a comedian at like ninth grade or something, they would have said yes. Not that I wasn't funny, but like I wasn't a class clown. Um, and I think it was, I was like good in school. And, uh, I went to a very, I went to Masterman, which is like a, like a, like the number one public school in Philadelphia. It's like well. very academic, but there also was this thing of people being like, you want to go to New York for college? Why aren't you going to Columbia? And I was like, well, NYU is closer to UCB. <laughs> like <laughs> that was my, um, you but, knew about UCB. Yes. Yeah, so no. I started UCB when I was 16. Um, what, what essentially what happened and I think, like, my genesis of going into comedy um, is essentially, without getting, like, too dark or too sad, um, but also in light of, like, this week with, like, Kavanaugh shit. So when I was 13, I was in a sexually, mentally, and physically abusive relationship with this boy who was older than me. And it sucked. Terrible. I had Terrible. terrible. I had a restraining order against him. We had to get one from, like, the police. At 13? At 13. Oh, boy. Oh, it was a wild time. I will say my parents and I got so much closer because, like, yeah. once you just, like, talk to your parents when you're 13 about, like, having abusive sex, you can talk about smoking weed and drinking. Oh <laughs> like, it becomes yeah. easier. Well, you want to um, be honest at that point. you oh, got to yeah. get into it. Yeah, and then I had, like, a second restraining order against, like, another person in the school, and it was just, like, there were a lot of things that happened to me when I was young that made me grow up very fast. Okay. At and the top high, high school or what, at top at like, school in the type school. city, yeah, this stuff in, is going on. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah. it goes on everywhere. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. It goes on everywhere. I'm just, yeah, that's oh, why I'm sure. pointing it out. Yeah. Um, and uh, But that was when I was in eighth grade, and then I went to high school uh, and was just kind of, like, trying to be a kid, but it was very hard because sure. I felt very, um, I was like friends with the seniors. That's how I started playing Ultimate Frisbee, which is like a big part of my comedy. Um, because when I was in like eighth grade, ninth grade, the people who I felt the closest with were like the seniors who played Frisbee. Um, so I started doing that. And then I started doing improv at this like theater, like I was in the school musical and like the, the one of my friends, Ben Horowitz, who was uh, like one of the leads was like, you're really funny. You should um, do this like improv stuff at like this theater that I do outside of school. 
Um, wow. And he like totally got the audition dates mix- mixed up. So I didn't audition to, for the troupe, but I started taking improv classes at this place called MacGuffin in Philadelphia, which is a great place for kids in Philly to do like theater and improv. And that was my first like Fourier, Fourier into into like doing improv, not just as a warm up game at a theater camp, which right. I had done before. Right. Because I'd done theater camps and like karate camp, and that was it. So I started doing this troupe called This Side Up, and then I wanted to be an actor, and I wanted to like go to NYU for like a summer program and be an actor. And my uh, acting coach at the time was like, "Don't do that. You're not going to be an actor. You're going to be a CEO or a lawyer or something like that, maybe president, but like you're not going to be an actor." And it like crushed me, and I sobbed all the way home. Terrible thing to say. I think so. And also, again, this is gist, so I don't want to say that any of this like exactly what he said, but that was the gist. And my mom backed it up, and my mom then like talked to him like, "What are you telling my daughter?" He was like, she should do, I'm sorry, she should do comedy. Like, if you're going to spend all this money that, that you guys don't really have, because like, we didn't have that kind of money, we were going to probably borrow it from like my uncle, um, you should, she should go to UCB, Groundlings, Second City. And then my dad is like, he's a ghost, both my parents are writers, my, they're both like journalists, yeah. um, but my dad now is a ghost writer, and so he kind of like lives on the third floor and just like, write, on a computer all the time. She had to wear a sheet. He wore a sheet. Yeah, he's, just, yeah. he's a ghost. He's, he's a ghost. He's dead. Um, I miss him every day. Um, but no, he's very much alive, and he's on a computer, and he is the biggest nerd, and he loves comedy, and he just like researched everything about UCB. And so, <laughs> the second like I went to Second City for two weeks, just as like a camp when I was yep. fifteen, and because then, he suggest he was like, "You got to go to Second City." He's like, "Where can we? Where can we put you? Where can we okay. put you?" Um, and then I went, and I was frustrated because I was with all these kids, yeah. and that was hard. And then I went to UCB when I was 16, and no one knew that I was 16. And it was this awesome, like, I got to be in a room and do improv, which was, like, especially when you're 16, was, like, the most freeing and fun thing. No one knew that I was 16, so I, so everyone just treated me like a peer. Um, and I got to just do improv and I did like a one week intensive for one on one 101 and then for 201 I had Anthony Atamanik who then became like he found out I was 16 like a couple weeks in and mm-hmm. was like oh no because he <laughs> and he was like I've corrupted you and I was like I am already corrupted you have no idea and so he kind of took me under his wing and I love him very much and he really has like looked out for me since like me starting um and he's on comedy. of course on the president show he's the president the, i mean he's the president of the united states he, so he's doing a great job <laughs> the most lived in impression of uh, yeah. beyond impression whatever he's doing there of yeah i would believe that, that impression POTUS. is incredibly taxing but yeah but yeah. i started so i just started doing improv and i was i started commuting i would like mondays were the best day of the week because i would go to school and then i'd get all my homework done like in between i'd like be at school i'd like after seventh period i would start doing my homework and then i'd get on a mega bus and my dad <laughs> My dad is so sweet. My dad would go to New York in the morning, work at a WeWork, because he's a ghostwriter, and then he'd pick me up from the Megabus stop, walk me to UCB when it was on 30th Street. Uh-huh. I'd go to my 7 to 10 p.m. class, and then we'd get on a 10.30 p.m. bus, and my dad and I would just go home. I'd go to sleep at like 1 a.m., go to school the next day, and it was like the best. And I did that for 201. A 301 was Molly Lloyd on Saturdays. Um, 401 I did like over the summer with Tim Martin, and then I was in advanced study by the time I was a senior. And then I... And then I I got I like didn't go to school my my senior year. Like I I we wrote a letter to the school saying Addie needs to go to New York to take advanced study improv classes because <laughs> it's part of her education and career opportunity and the school said, "Okay." And so I would just miss days of school. But then I was depressed and also hated school and like if I felt like I didn't fit in in high school when I was 14, by the time I was 17, like 13, 14, like a freshman, by the time I was a senior, I was like, "I got to get out of here." Yeah. 
and that wasn't anyone else's that wasn't that was no one's fault i was talking to my friend ryan leach about this last night where like there's a certain understanding where you're like oh something happened to me where like it is okay that you are 17 and you're acting 17 but i can't but i i'm i and i'm 17 but i don't feel 17 and we can't we don't mesh well together and that's no one's fault i'm just really unhappy so, so did you finish school? I finished school. Okay. I just like would sometimes just not go to school and no and teachers would be like, Where's Addie? And yeah. a kid would be like, I think she's in New York and then they'd be like, Okay, and they'd mark me present. Oh, well, so I that's... maybe missed like thirty ish days of senior year, thirty, forty days that are just marked as present. Yeah. Um and then like six days that I was like sick. Well, uh before we keep going. Yeah. You see, I get I got a little emotional there oh. thinking about your your sweet father. Yeah, doing this extra thing. I mean, uh, of course, there was some. There was the trauma that happened. Yeah. Um, but to have a person like that who yeah. was going to do that because he could. Yeah. Uh, do that. We work business or whatever. But to 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 be that supportive is uh, incredibly touching. Oh, it's and, uh, I like beyond. I, I'm, yeah. If I think about my parents too much, I like start crying. My mom. My I'm mom, starting to cry. Yeah. And also, oh, because also, because I started, I was also doing improv in Philly, so I got on a fit house team. Oh my gosh! So I was doing, so I was on a Herald team in Philly when I was sixteen, and then I was like with this with this teams. My parents came to every single show, front row. They were always there, Ronnie and Noel, right in the front, <laughs> and they're just the best. Um, they, I remember having like a show the night before my AP U.S. History test, and everyone was like, "Go, Addie, go!" And then we like moved to Saturday nights, and that was like that was also like a really. I remember like. I remember sobbing at my last. Uh, I was on a team called Doctor Sleepover, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember like sobbing at my last show because I was like going to college, but I was like, I want to go to college, but I also like really love these people, and they're like really important to me. And I, um, yeah, there was. I think anytime I think about high school, I get emotional because like there's like there's like shitty stuff that happened, but I'm like kind of not glad that it happened, but I'm really happy about what happened afterwards, and I'm really grateful. Right. And my my mom always says, this did not make you strong. It showed you how strong you were. And I think like, I think it showed how strong of a family we are. And I'm yeah. really grateful for that. You lucked out. I lucked out. You lucked out. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Those things that uh, it's, uh, never things like that happen. Yeah. Also, um, this podcast is totally making up for the time that I won like best actor in a drama in that theater thing. And I thanked everyone <laughs> except for my parents. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Oh, I got good. off stage and my mom oh. was so angry. And I was like, what happened? I won. She was like, you didn't think to thank us? And I was like, oh, no. And I felt so bad. <laughs> felt so bad. Well, I like that they have a healthy awareness, too. <laughs> They're good. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> they should be thanked for all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yes, but those those kind of events when they happen, uh, and I've been through some of them myself, um, it's it's exactly what you said. It doesn't mm-hmm. – uh, it, it uh, it's how uh, – what happens afterwards. And uh, yeah. one can reveal something about ourselves. And yeah. Be, be confident that you know whatever you can't change that that happened, and yeah. you you can't change what happened afterwards. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you, you know, it just becomes who we are. Yeah. One um, of my really good friends and like mentors, his name is Anders Fors, and he's in Sweden right now. Oh. Um, and I miss him so much every day. But he, I met him like doing improv, and he is just like, if you ever get the opportunity to meet him he is just a wonderful person and he would always say trust the process trust the process um <laughs> which one is the philadelphia sports motto it is trust the process yes. is philadelphia sports motto um and i can't believe i'm saying this right now because my parents don't know and i guess they had to find out sometime i have a tattoo 
they don't know, but they're gonna listen to this. Of course yeah. they are. Yeah. But it says trust the process in Swedish, like under my right boob. <laughs> and I got it when I was in Sweden last year. Um, but it's but it's that feeling of like you can only just like do what you're doing. Yes. And just trust it. Like yep. just trust that it'll work out. Yeah. So I guess a very long answer of I got into comedy because it was kind of the only thing for me to do to do. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that seems like the best way to do it. I think because so, yeah. then you give it whole uh, wholeheartedly. You really yes. go into it, and yeah. it, it heals you in a way, yeah. and uh, gives you some other tools to get through. I mean, look, it's, it's yeah. miserable most of the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, life is <laughs> bad. Life is bad. <laughs> but sometimes it's okay. Yeah. And um, like, um, we share something else in common. I noticed, <laughs> what do we share? and I didn't see you at the get-togethers that we've had uh, since doing it. Oh my God. But we're both uh, stars of the television program Crashing. <gasps> oh, really? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, I am on Crashing. Yeah. That was a really fun. That that is a very funny story. Actually, wait. This makes sense because now you know my background with Ultimate Frisbee. So when I, so then I went to NYU. I yeah. got like so excited. <laughs> I yeah. love talking about Ultimate Frisbee. Um, I went to NYU and I was like in New York and yeah. I had again just done like. I had done like three classes of advanced study. Like I knew all these people. Like at that point, I had done like seven, eight classes at UCB, not even including DCM workshops. And like I had met so many awesome adults living in New York. And yes. then I came to NYU and I didn't know how to be like, I'm here now. Um, like I would hang out with Anthony and he would like comp me tickets to like take it personal. That's how I met Saifa and like, uh, who's like, uh, was another person who like took me under his wing. And that was really wonderful of him. And like, um, my my parents called Saifa and Anthony my improv uncles because uh-huh. like they felt safe if I was with them. That's good. Um, That's important. And they straight up told that them that to their face. Like if anything happens to her, it's your fault. <laughs> um, and they were like, okay, thank you. Um, but I got there and I was like in college and it was college was kind of the first time that I was like, oh, you can choose your friends. Cause my my high school was small and. Like, there's high school drama, and, like, that's okay. It's all under the rug. But it's a thing of, like, oh, high school, you can choose your friends, and you can not be friends with people if you don't like them. You don't have to sit with people who make you sad at lunch. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, And so I got on the Ultimate Frisbee team, and I was like, this is incredible. And I just did Ultimate. And kind of my freshman year, I, like, kind of did a little bit of comedy, but not really, which was surprising. And then my sophomore year, I got onto Hammercats at NYU, and I just like, which is their sketch team. Okay. And I good. just like. Oh, I yeah, was she, nodding, but no, I had no idea. That is what so you okay. Uh, Hammercat is just a sketch team. At yeah. NYU. Okay. Um, and uh, they, and it was like a really cool sketch team, but I could not do Hammercats and Ultimate Frisbee and school. And I was also now doing a lot more classes at UCB, doing yeah. a lot more things. What had to give? Ultimate Frisbee. Oh, and it was really sad. I and, hate it. and it was really sad because Ultimate Frisbee was like, you really don't get a lot of opportunities to just kind of be outside playing a sport with people who just like unconditionally love you and want you to succeed. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of like what a college sport is because it doesn't really go anywhere past that. But I had to quit and I remember sobbing. I biked from McCarran Park all the way to my boyfriend's apartment at the time, a a fucking wreck because my coach, because I didn't quit, my coach had to be like at a university for your health, you need to leave the team. Like, you can't do everything. And she like did it in a loving way and I was just like sobbing and I, I was so sad. And it's hard for an only child to hear that kind of a thing. You can't do everything, yeah. yeah. But also, but that's kind of been like my, that's been like the biggest, I try to do everything and then I and then I break down and yeah. then something has to give, but at least I tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But I was so sad and then 
like not even a full year later uh I or like about like a year later or so um my friend Aaron Kafitz is friends with one of the producers uh Oren on Crashing mm-hmm. and he was hanging out so it's Aaron and Oren and he was hanging out with Oren and he was like how's it going how's work whatever and Oren is like ah we can't find anyone who is a young girl in her 20s who is funny who can also do frisbee tricks and and Aaron was like Wait, well, oh, wait, I know someone. <laughs> and texted me being like, send me your resume and headshot right now. And I like got this audition and then I booked it. And because of that, because I did Frisbee, I got this role. Yeah. Because of that, I got signed to like the bigger part of my agency. And then like that helped me get more TV stuff and that helped me get my manager now. And like there are a lot of really cool things career wise that have happened. Because I did Ultimate Frisbee. Because of Frisbee, your love, yeah. your passion. So that's why I'm on Crashing is because of my passion for Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Isn't that amazing how all those things had to come together? I know. It's just the process, There's something man. to it, isn't it? It's Trust the, the process. process. And that process is energy and spirits and all that yeah. kind of stuff too, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, talk about Frisbee so much in my comedy. <laughs> well, I, Dale, I have a yeah. question for you. Yes. Do you know how many beers you can crack and pour into a Frisbee? I don't. Four. Four. Four beers. Get a nice meniscus. Perfect surface tension. Oh, it's wonderful. amazing. I did it on stage. It's called a disgrace. You and two people try to chug a Frisbee full of beer while two other people, or as many other teams, just teams of two, also yeah. chug one. Um, and then if you finish, you like have to put it on your head so you can make sure that it's done. And I did it on stage at Union Hall for a show that I, for a show that I do in and um, I won, and it went over very well. <laughs> <laughs> well you're really putting the ultimate in ultimate frisbee. I love it. Okay, so this was a very like long tangent about yes. you said we're both on crashing, and I yes. said let me talk about frisbee. So I love it. Yeah. What we're, so you were just saying that we're on crashing together. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, we talk about life being kind of miserable, and that certainly yeah. has that element to that show. But I, I brought it up because mm-hmm. I'm technically uh, I appear there but I appear there as a in a photograph oh. uh, behind Gina Gershon amazing 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 and that photograph was taken by Mindy Tucker Mindy Tucker I love Mindy and uh, I know she is a great champion of yours and that's really how I found out about you oh because she was uh, promoting you yeah. and her role and uh, I think probably once a year I have to say this but her role in supporting uh, young Comedians, yeah. people that aren't getting attention, uh, in addition to all the other work that she does. Yeah. It cannot be overstated, Mindy, just what she does for the comedy scene. And M- Mindy uh, Tucker, I am like, I am truly like grateful every day that I know Mindy and get to call her a friend. She also is an only child. See, She's also an only yes, child. She was on the show. Oh, I bet. Yes, yeah. she was. Yes, she was. Yeah. Um, she, um, uh, I got. Like, probably, like, honestly, best week of my life so far. And I'm, like, so grateful for this. I got to go to South by Southwest with her. Yes. And this just happened because I was, like, I want to get new headshots. I obviously want to get Mindy Tucker ones. I haven't, like, I had met her because I did a promo shoot with her, with Matt Gehring, for this show that I was in called Simon Street, which was really good. had a great run at UCB. We, like, took it to L.A. It was really fun. Matt is great. The whole cast is great. It's Branson Reese, Nicole Silverberg. Alex Song was in it, Michael Delisle. Um, Good cast. Kevin Laveson, yeah, directed it. It was um, really wonderful, really great cast. Um, and, uh, to, and and Tomeskin is awesome, and Marina uh, also like wrote with Matt. And I hope I'm not forgetting anybody else, because they're all really great people. But it's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll post an addendum 
please. And some footnotes. But it's a really great, it's a great, uh, it was a great show. And Mindy took those photos. I remember being like, this person is so cool. These photos are great. When I get headshots, I want them to be by her. So it's like a four hour session and we just end up talking so much. (laughs) I mean, uh, me talking, who knew? Um, And we just talked so much and she was amazing. And she, in South by Southwest was coming up in like a month or so. And she was like, Oh, Addie, like I'm like I'm just like a little stressed because um, it's a big job that I do alone. And I was like, oh, OK. And then like a couple days later, I emailed her being like, hey, just like ah, crazy idea. If you need someone strong and young and like virile to like follow you around and carry your heavy stuff, please let me assist you during South by Southwest. And she was like, Addie, I can't ask you to do that. And I was like, I'm begging you to ask me to do that. <laughs> And so I paid for my airfare and I like stayed in her hotel room because it was a two thing. She got me a badge and it was, I just got to hang out at South by Southwest and meet all these comedians. I met Nick Thune, who has been like a wonderful friend. And then he came to uh, New York and I opened for him at Union Hall. Oh, that's great. That was totally unnecessary and I'm so grateful for it. Um, And I just learned, I just like, you just learn so much. If you just like let yourself ask Mindy questions and just hear her and learn from her, you learn so much on like not just how to be a comedian but how to be like a thoughtful comedian and a thoughtful thoughtful member of the community community. it was about yeah yeah. just like a and i i text her all the time for unrelated photo things just like this happened what's your opinion (laughs) (laughs) and i love for mindy i love you so much (laughs) (laughs) we all love mindy Mindy. (laughs) um and uh you know uh, now that i have a fuller sense of what you were doing and as yeah. an even younger person. Oh, yeah. Um, you also had a series against, uh, against, I said, but uh, uh, for Fox News. Oh, Fox, because Fox they News. made some kind of boneheaded, I mean, take your pick. Part of me comment like, about to take women's the, appearance. the videos down, but I don't think I should. But part of me wants to. Oh, I think, I think you should keep them up. Because yeah. what happened was they were saying, commenting on women's appearance. They I did. assume it's like a <laughs> Duck Dynasty fellow or something. Yeah, there was a Duck Dynasty fellow. There was <sighs> two other people. And they basically just paraded. I remember so clearly being in. The Tish. If you go into Tish, there's like a cafe. I, I went to Gallatin, by the way. At I went, NYU. I went to Gallatin for NYU for two years. Storied program. Yes. Oh, and yes. then I dropped out. I forgot to say I dropped out of <laughs> college. I, I My parents essentially were like, you should drop out. And I said, okay. Well, that's still very supportive. <laughs> oh, insanely. My parents are stupid supportive. Like, they should stop uh, if they want me to be more jaded. Um, but I, But when I was, I think I was maybe a sophomore and I, remember being in the like cafe area of Tish um and watching this video and like my whole body just went like red and like because, overheated because the video itself was uh, them saying what it was them sh- parading three women wearing leggings and saying how when you should wear leggings it was just three men looking at women wearing leggings and saying this is when you should this is when you shouldn't yeah. this is a workout and that's appropriate this is for work you should not do it and it just made me it was like so stupid and so it was like all at once so small and insignificant, but also to me spoke to so many things that would make me so mad. And uh, so I just started making videos of being like, hey, Fox and Friends, um, oh, I need your help. I don't know what to wear uh, because I thought leggings were OK, but obviously they're not. So can you just tell me how to dress? Because I'm a stupid girl. And I don't know what to do. Uh, and I did that for like over a hundred days in a row, <laughs> and then I got really tired. And we got some like articles written in, in Philly about it, um, yeah. <laughs> which was very nice. But I was like, oh, honestly, what's sad is that like it kind of 
brought me down. I think, like, at a certain point, I felt stupid for doing it, which is maybe the first time I'm saying it out loud. But I think at a certain point, mm. I was like, oh, they still don't care. Like, I could be right. making this sound. And and I think it's the same kind of thing of, like, with Brett Kavanaugh stuff that's happening, of being like, yeah, we're having this hearing, but, like, people still people still don't care. Right. It doesn't change certain it people's change opinions. A lot of things. Maybe it changes some, and that's awesome. But, like, I think there was a... I don't know. There's a thing of being like, oh, I can't wait until I'm famous so my voice matters. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's a that's a real feeling. Yeah, but, but it's... you might, you might also consider it being, you know, when there's a kind of a, a blockade or a barrier being set up, yeah. right, to in, to repel the invaders. Mm-hmm. That that is another or, or to uh, sandbag wall, that kind of a thing. It's another block in that wall. It's contributing to the uh, fortifying of the resistance to put another voice out there, no matter how seemingly small it may feel. But you're adding another layer to it that says, we're still not going to stand for it. The water's still going to come. The the invaders are still going to come. But it'll be that much stronger to repel it and keep them at bay. Yeah. That's how I'm going to think about it. That's nice. And I think it's much needed. Coming yeah. to it as I did kind of late, I, I wasn't there for the original controversy. <laughs> yeah. But going through some of them now, I thought, well, this is important. Yeah. And th- th- this project is important. Oh, thanks. Maybe I'll start it back up. <laughs> well, do what you, it feels good to you. <laughs> if it makes you feel small, don't do it. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, what you've accomplished already is something. Well, and uh, especially in light of everything that's going on, I thought, well, this is a good, this is a well, good guess, and funny way to do it. I guess the thing that made me sad was just if you just look, at some certain videos that have more views are just guys being like, I like the way her tits bounce. Uh, well, that I mean, and and yes. my mom, because my mom after the article, after the first article went out, she was like, read the article, don't read the comments. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna read the comments, baby. And it was just a lot of like, I don't like her talking, but she should get on a trampoline. And I was like, that is such a creative, insulting thing to say. Well, leave it to to the commenters yeah. to to do that. So I guess like since there weren't, and that's also stupid, not stupid, but I don't want to say that like I'm only gonna do things if people on the internet comment positively but i guess if there were more good comments luck. that were like you go girl it would be better than just like oh i'm screaming this into a void and yep. the only people who are responding are like creepos listen i'm not saying it's your my young 18 year old uh, body well yeah i'm not uh, i'm not saying it's your responsibility to fix this mm. but if you go on slack maybe set up some kind of <laughs> some kind of bot system that only provides positive comments yeah and for everyone that's like uh, you know I love the low cut, whatever. There's one that says, you go, girl. Seems like you know a lot about Slack. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Once again, we thank Slack for their support of this show. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite running bit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, was there a Comic-Con thing? No? Oh, yeah. I'm doing a Comic-Con panel this Thursday. Oh, that's coming up. And that's also because of South by Southwest. Oh, that's, that's great. That's because I met the really nice, wonderful people at the syndicate who do the thing at South by Southwest. Okay. And, um, and I reached out to them being like, hey, uh, I'm doing this show at Union Hall called Only Child Syndrome. Um, it's really exciting. And like Monroe Martin is on it. Lisa Traeger is on it. And they, I met both of them yeah. at South by Southwest. Like, we wouldn't be friends if that didn't happen. Mindy's coming to take photos. And I told them, like, it would... It would just kind of be really nice if you were there. We get to family back together. I also definitely am like probably the most sentimental person about 2018 South by Southwest comedy because <laughs> I was like, guys, it's camp. Like we lived together and had all the experiences. It was like how it feels. Yes. Um, uh, but and they were like, oh, awesome. Let's check our calendars. Also, we had you in mind for this Comic Con thing. 
Um, but do you have any affinity for comics? Is that a, a thing? Oh, yeah. I want to. Okay. So I would love to be in a Marvel movie. Like, that's. Yeah. Like, I currently, like, go to the gym and, like, have a trainer I, like, work with, like, a yeah. consult with to, like, purposefully get me in good enough shape so that if superhero stuff comes up, I can audition for it. Because, like, my background in karate, like, I love action movies. A lot of the stuff that I that I write for myself is very action-based. Yeah. Um, I do i sincerely love superhero and marvel and action movies i feel like i can watch even people are like oh this movie is bad i'm like no it's not it's fun right because <laughs> like, you like the characters and what's going yeah, on yeah we're like explosions or like a really good kick in the face like <laughs> kitty pride say it again kitty pride what's that shadow cat from the x-men so here's the thing yeah i think i am a fan of it in general i'm yeah. not a deep fan though yeah. because i also think growing up it was like I also probably I looked at comic book stuff as for boys because that's how it was always advertised mm-hmm, to me. And mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing on like I was in the park throwing a football with like friends and then like a little boy came up and he wanted to throw with me and then all the friends left. So it was just me, this little kid throwing a football. Yeah. And he was like, your spiral's really good. Do you play football? And I straight up was like, no, I'm a girl. And <laughs> which might have been. And I saw his face fall. But yeah. I was like. That's the truth. Like, I never, I could never have a dream of one day I'll play professional football because I'm a girl. So also, like, that's kind of the thing where I fucking hate where guys are like, I like girls who are into sports. Or like, why aren't, like, girls more into sports? And it's like, well, when we see women getting paid the same amount and we can actually look at ourselves or for people who aren't even just women, anyone, yeah, you're not going to be interested in something that has no future for you. So whatever. So I think with comic books, even though there are, like, amazing female comics uh like like like, like comic books yeah. um it is the thing where like i just looked at that as like maybe not for me um sure but i still yeah. loved action because then there were other like side stuff so it's, it's like i i got like jessica jones yeah. is like my gateway drug <laughs> for real I, yeah. yeah no it's a good show um it's an amazing show so and you would be happy with any character though is, is the point kind of yeah but i just don't know like the deep lore yeah like, well, I'm yeah. encouraging Shadowcat. Shadowcat? Okay, I'll, I'll look into Shadowcat. No, I love the recommendation. Please. I feel like that may have been Ellen Page or something in the movies. There were movies? <laughs> X-Men movies? <laughs> oh, it's X-Men? Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. don't know. That's okay. I, your, That's face, right. your face, your eyes just got wide and like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, no, I or don't. Then I thought maybe there weren't. <laughs> See, now I've been around long enough. Oh, you mean Inception? Yeah, great, yeah, yeah, great that, that Marvel one. movie. That's the Inception one. with, with all the mutants in it. Because uh, when I would go to early comic book conventions in Philadelphia, I remember yeah. my first one was there at something like a Marriott or something. Oh, lovely. it was in a conference room, and at that point, comic books were not popular sure. enough to warrant their own convention. Sure. Uh, so you would have a Star Trek comic convention. book convention. Yeah. Now. More specific. I don't have anything against Star Trek, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't. I don't need to be in a room full of people discussing triples and phasers and all this sure. with the outfits. Sure. It, that that's not me. Sure. I'm not as drawn to that's that. Okay. So when I went to Comic Con recently yeah. in New York, it's it overwhelmed me a little bit. I did go last year. Yeah. And I went last year because a friend was like, "I have an extra pass on Facebook. Who wants it?" And I was like, "I'll take it. I've never yeah. been." <laughs> But then, like, I couldn't go when they went, and I went by myself, and I only really had, like, two hours, and I got lost, had a panic attack, (laughs) felt, like, outside, was, like, very, I was like, this is overwhelming. I don't know. I feel very much of an outsider. I feel like I don't belong here. But also, if I was with friends, maybe I would feel better. I don't know. And this is a real 180 for me coming back and, like, being on a panel. I'm going to have friends. I have, like, an extra 
like pass so like my friend is coming with me that's the way to do he it will help me um so I'm really excited about that. I think that's great. I think yeah. that's the way to do it. And I, I, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, and you have a sh- the Only Child show is coming yeah, up. Yeah, Only Child Syndrome, yeah. Which that's is when? October 15th okay. at 8 p.m. at Union Hall. Okay. And then you're doing another one of these birthday shows? Yeah, so one of my gal. best friends, Jenny, she yeah. essentially it's Jenny's birthday every month. Right. So just so like everyone knows, that's the theme. But then each birthday has a theme. Okay. So like we just did game night. Yep. So we so there were like a lot of the bits that we did were game themed, etc. Like we had a bingo game that was like a blanket game. I did a disgrace because that's a drinking game. Yes, yes. Uh, but you have another one coming up the, at the end. Yes, of the... November. Um, which oh my god, she's gonna kill me because I don't know the date off the top of my head. I know our no, oh no, October. It's the October one because October comes it's, before November. That is how it happens. That's how it happens. Oh, this one's gonna be dope. We have um October thirtieth, so the day before Halloween. Yeah. We're doing a murder mystery. Oh. One. And we have so many meetings for it because, like, it's it's actually going to be more of a narrative murder mystery thing with acts into inside of it. But we're going to have, like, a lot of people on the bill. It's going to be just, like, a bomb-ass time. It's going to be, like, good fun. The show is always so much fun. Yes. Someone called our show Punk, which is really funny because I wouldn't think <laughs> that a show that involves so much pink and yeah. glitter is punk. But someone was like, no, it's, like, it's so positive. You guys are so positive. You're so punk. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Well, um, I like that, yeah, me and, too. I, and I like uh, choosing joy, and Thank I think you. that's one of the things that uh, you're bringing to the comedy scene now is just kind of a refocus on joy. Oh, that, me- that means so much, Dale. Thank you. Well, absolutely. I, Only Child Syndrome has uh, a lot of. I think that show is also going to be very joy filled because it's about family, and all the proceeds do go to races for keeping families together. Yes. <laughs> um, but that, it, but the show is sincerely coming out of a place of how much I love my family and how grateful I am because also I have no idea how we're doing on time but like and you'll know more about this if you go to the show but my parents could not have different more different families my mom is one of nine kids like very Irish Catholic very like from Orland in Pennsylvania if you Mm -hmm. know Orland's like outside of Philly okay um my dad is like not only an only child but his like mom died when he was 19. He was estranged from his dad. Uh, like he had to bury his mom alone when he was going through her papers. She didn't leave a will. Yes. So he was like going through her papers. He found his adoption papers. He didn't know he was adopted. Wow. He was like, what? He hired a private investigator. Private investigator was like, yeah, your mom's name is Penelope Anderson. But like actually George Anderson on that thing, he's not your father. Your mom had an affair with who knows who. So like it was just like this intense. And so he so like. My da- I am the only person my dad knows who is blood related to him. Wow. And then yeah. my mom, we I have like 25 cousins on my mom's side. <laughs> so it's this weird, like I didn't have siblings, but I always had so many cousins. Right. Which was always so nice. But also there was that kind of loneliness on like my cousins, Natalie and Emily, who I love so dearly. If once they were in college, like if we were all in Christmas or Thanksgiving, we would see each other. But then they would have their alone time to like see each other because they're sisters sure, and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um so I well, think sometimes I want siblings, but it's just the families are about. There's so much love and joy, and yeah. I there's like I, there's such a supportive family. I'm seeing my cousin and his kids in Chicago this week. It's great. I bought Wonderful. my dad Lewis Black tickets. <laughs> that was the first stand up he ever took me to. Oh, like that's it. so nice. Yeah. So well, I too am an only child of an only child. So yeah, I'm not convinced who we're is, not the same is, person. Do you have two? Yeah, I'm not convinced either. I've never seen us. No one's ever seen us in the same room together because this, this is audio, baby. <laughs> um, that's right. Wait, which parent is not an only child? 
not an only my father is not an only child interesting does my your mother was does your father ever get angry at the two of you because my mom will be like ah oh, i'm in a house of only children like she'll i don't think that came up oh yeah <laughs> It's really funny. My mom will use it against us, and it's very funny. Uh, it may have been there in more subtle ways. Yeah, but she's a middle child, which apparently is like the most compatible with only children or middle children. Yeah, that's it's very what, keeping that's the what, peace. That's very, what he like, is too. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so weird and cosmic. It's so weird. But now uh, I happen to 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 tune into a story of yours mm. where you were saying, and and I. Uh, you're talking about practicing some self-care. Yeah. And by going out, you said, I'm going to be out in the park with a Frisbee. <laughs> yeah. And now I understand how that's connected to you. Yeah. And your your love of Frisbee and how Frisbee has guided so many other things. I like to bring a Frisbee where I go because, like, a lot more people know how to throw than you'd think. Absolutely. And also it's very easy just to, like, adjust their form slightly to yep. make them a lot better. And then you teach you teach someone how to throw a Frisbee, they can throw a Frisbee for the rest of their life. Absolutely. And there's not been enough Frisbees in my life, so I'm going to try and incorporate. Now, do you do the under? Oh, or do flick? You do, oh, do you yeah, do a flick or a forward? Baby, I'm on crashing because I know the tricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> You're the expert. Um, but I re- that also speaks, I think, to the joy quality. So yeah. uh, keep that going. Thanks. My it was goodness. really nice outside, and I get seasonal affect disorder, so I was like, i got to soak up this sunshine for as much as I can. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so good, and maybe some other people will... Well, join in. One person came, and a lot of people were like, "We need way more of a heads up, but please do this more." Um, But, uh, but, and then ended up having a really nice dinner with a friend who I wouldn't have gotten dinner with had I not done that. Technology sucks, but sometimes it's amazing. Yes, and sometimes there are cosmic forces out there, yeah, guiding us. Oh, that's right, Dale. I keep forgetting that you (laughs) do all this other stuff. Because <laughs> I'm talking. That's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a frisbee. Sometimes it's just a frisbee. I do like thinking about the universe, though. Oh, good. I mean, that's very like trust the process. It's trust the process. Yeah. We don't have to talk about church, but we could. But like, my mom, I think she, her relation without talking about my without without me talking for my mom about yes. her relationship to God. Yes. Um, but she's like raised very Catholic, and I think people who are raised Catholic are already going to have a hard relationship with church and religion um for obvious reasons especially since like we there's like a picture of me with one of the um uh priests oh. oh, what's it called like one of the guys who like did a lot of the bad yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. me with a koala face painting and he's holding me and we mm. and, like it was framed in my pop pops like home uh now it is down um but like she will feel very spiritual to like connected to like the universe and stuff and i don't really know where i stand all the time with religion but it's because there's too many people I know have died for me to be like, hell yeah, religion. Like, that's how I feel. But um, that's a different explanation. But um, I think the, it's nice to feel like the universe is something that's not all just random. We're not just like random sacks of fat who like to fucking eat and then die. Because <laughs> right. otherwise, that's all we are. <laughs> <laughs> we should at least have a little comedy in there, too. Yeah, yeah there it is. Have wonderful shows. This oh, has been you. so nice speaking This has been you. so nice. Uh, I wish you all the best. If you ever need a mystic, you let me know. Oh, my God. Do you want to come to the show? I'll comp you a ticket. <laughs> well, see, this is working out. Yeah, I'll comp you a ticket. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Addie. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> my goodness. I found Addie's story to be moving, didn't you? And in light of all that's going on, also hopeful. So I thank Addie for spending some time with me in the deep night. Specialized reading tonight goes out to Miter Dundas in Capsican, Washington. Miter, think about this. It like went through and my eyes like were open more in shock that it didn't hurt that bad. Yeah. 
Um, and then I was like, oh, it's okay. And then it got a lot worse. And I started crying. And lucky numbers this week are 1996, which corresponds to the year we lost Big Shot, the original and best mascot for the Philadelphia 76ers. Weird monster energy for the win. Now remember, although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is created by James Bewley. Deep Night Season 11 podcast artwork by illustrator Candice Brorsma, with additional poster work this season from Scott Ballmer and Ronald Horn Industries, among others. Season 11 theme song remix by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode provided by the roster of Howler Hills Farm in Ohio. Additional sound effects at the top of the show, downloaded directly from the Deep Night Ether. Recording studio services provided by Harvest Works in New York City. The Slipper Room is the venue for Deep Night live shows every other month. Thanks to all of our guests for making Deep Night a success 10 years on. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or listen in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Follow Dale on Instagram at Dale Seifer or on Twitter at Dale Radio. Now, keep your personal portals open, but this one has got to close.